Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. It is 32 degrees Fahrenheit here in New Mexico. It is snowing outside and it's beautiful. The clouds are over the mountains. And I never thought I'd see this in March, but we're having a beautiful morning. Regardless, it's nice. Nice change for me. I'm sure everybody that lives here would rather the sun be out. But uh, being that I'm going back to the sunshine tomorrow, this is a nice change. So we'll see how the day shapes up, whether it's going to warm up or not. Interesting for March. Anyway, so if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Manna for breakfast. We're going to be reading through the Word of God Today, uh, just Deuteronomy chapter 1 and 2, we'll skip the New Testament today. I got a little ahead of ourselves reading uh, a chapter, so we'll just we'll catch up tomorrow, get back on track. So with that, let's look at today's dad jokes and see what's going on there. Why don't seagulls fly over the bay? Because then they'd be called bagels, <laughs> not seagulls. Yeah, of course. What comes once in a minute, twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years? The letter M. That's kind of like a brain puzzle. How about this one? What's the best kind of bird to do work on a construction site? <laughs> a crane, of course. All right. Well, let's see what else we have. This day in history, I thought I'd, we'd mix it up, do a little bit of church history this day. On this day, Jonathan Edwards preached a, his Hellfire sermon and became famous. On this day, July 8th, no, on this day, we're not July 8th, so I don't know why it says July 8th. Well, let's just look ahead then. And on July 8th, 1741, he spoke as an American pastor in a little village in village Enfield, Massachusetts, not in England. He later goes over to England. And uh, he was, this was his famous sermon, um, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. And it was, uh, he read it quite straightforward. He said that the article says almost like a scientist would read a report. And he was very matter of fact. And, he, and part of the sermon says, all of you that never passed under the great change of heart by the mighty power of the Spirit of God upon your souls, all that were never born again and made new creatures and raised from being dead in your sin, you are thus in the hands of an angry God. Tis nothing but his mere pleasure that keeps you from being this moment swallowed up in everlasting destruction. The wicked are now walking over the pit of hell on, on a rotten covering. And then it goes on. And of course, it says people were fainting. Some people were, were crying so loudly, he had to tell them to be quiet. Um, other people um, ran out, I think. It just goes, the whole article goes on and on. And he got a lot of um, criticism, but he held his position. But it says that he was also a very kind man. He used to go through the country and and be full of joy and praise and that he was uh, he was not an angry person. And uh, that apparently he then went on to be a missionary. 
and worked with the Housatonic Indians. He later accepted a presidency at the College of New Jersey, Princeton, but he died of smallpox a few months later. So there you go, the story of Jonathan Edwards, famous preacher, very good friend of George Whitfield. So now we can look over into our reading for today. We are in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1. We'll be looking at that in chapter 2. So Father God, thank you for this morning and for the blessing of being able to come into your presence. Thank you so much for giving us our families and our times that we have, the jobs that we have, the food that we have. We look to you, God, in all things and uh, trust you to keep moving us forward, God, and help us to be a part of your plan, God. We we dare not be the sinners in the hand of an angry God. We'd rather, much rather, be the beloved bride in the arms of our Savior, and that we know that you're coming back soon, and we know that you're not willing that any should perish, that that anger will only be poured out for those who refuse and those who are dead set against ever trying to come to know you or or coming to even understand you. So thank you, Father, for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Deuteronomy chapter 1. These are the words which Moses spoke to all Israel according to Jordan in the wilderness in the Arabah opposite Suf between Paran and Tophel and Libna and Hazaroth and Dizahab. It is 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. In the 14th year, on the day of the 11th month, Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had commanded him to give to them. After he had defeated Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, who lived in Astaroth, in Edrei, across the Jordan, in the land of Moses, Moses undertook to expound the law, saying, The Lord God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have stayed long enough at this mountains. Turn and set your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in the Arabah, in the hill country and in the lowlands and in the Negev, by the sea coast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have placed the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to them and their descendants after them. I spoke to you at that time, saying, I am not able to bear the burden of you alone. The Lord God has multiplied you, and behold, you are this day like the stars of heaven in number. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousandfold more than you are, and bless you just as he promised you. How can I alone bear the burden of you and your strife? Choose wise and discerning and experienced men from your tribes. I will appoint them as your heads. You answered me and said, The thing which you have said is good. So I took the heads of your tribes, wise, experienced men, and pointed them over you, leaders of thousands and hundreds, fifties and of tens, officers of your tribes. Then I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the cases between your fellow countrymen, and judge righteously between a man and his fellow countrymen, or the alien who is with him. You shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You shall not fear man, for the judgment is God's. 
The case that is too hard for you, you shall bring to me, and I will hear it. I commanded you at that time all the things that you should do. Then we set out from Horeb and went through all the great and terrible wilderness, which you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, just as the Lord our God had commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Barnea. I said to you, you have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is about to give us. See, the Lord your God has placed the land before you. Go up, take possession, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has spoken to you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Then all of you approached me and said, Let us send men before us, that they may search out the land for us and bring back to us word of the way by which we go up and the cities we shall enter. The thing pleased me, and I took twelve of your men, one man from each tribe. They turned and went up to the hill country and came to the valley of Eshkol and spied it out. They took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us, and they brought us back a report and said, It is a good land, which the Lord our God is about to give us. Yet you were not willing to go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you grumbled in your tents and said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites and to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brethren have made our hearts melt, saying the people are bigger and taller than we. The cities are large and fortified to heaven. And besides, we saw the sons of Anakim there. Then I said to you, do not be shocked, nor fear them. The Lord your God, who goes before you, will himself fight on your behalf, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness, where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as a man carries his son in all the way which you have walked until you came to this place. But for all this, you did not trust the Lord your God, who goes before you on your way to seek out a place for you to encamp in fire by night and cloud by day to show you the way in which you should go. Then the Lord heard the sound of your words, and he was angry and took an oath, saying, No one of these, this evil generation, shall see the good land which I swore to give your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him and to his sons I will give the land on which he has set foot, because he has followed the Lord fully. The Lord was angry with me also on your account, saying, Not even you shall enter there. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall enter there. Encourage him, for he will cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, the little ones who you said, would become prey, and your sons, who this day have no knowledge of good or evil, shall enter there, and I will give it to them, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn around and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Then you said to me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will indeed go up and fight, just as the Lord our God commanded us. And every man of you girded on his weapons of war and regarded it as easy to go up into the hill country. And the Lord said to me, say to them, do not go up nor fight, for I am not among you. Otherwise, you will be defeated before your enemies. So I spoke to you, but you would not listen. Instead, you rebelled against the command of the Lord and acted presumptuously and went up to the hill country. The Amorites who live in the hill country came out against you and chased you as bees do and crushed you from Seir to Hormah. 
Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord did not listen to your voice nor give ear to you. So you remained in Kadesh many days, the days that you spent there. Chapter 2. Then we turned and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me and circled Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have circled the mountain long enough, now turn north. And commanded the people, saying, You will pass through the territory of your brothers, the sons of Esau who live in Seir, and they will be afraid of you. So be very careful. Do not provoke them. For I will not give you any of their land, even as little as a footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. You shall buy food from them with money so that you may eat, and you shall also purchase water from them with money so that you may drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known your wandering through this great wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked a, a thing. So we passed beyond our brothers, the sons of Esau, who live in Seir, away from the Arabah road, away from Elath, and from Ezion Geber. And we turned and passed through the way of the wilderness of Moab. Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given our to the sons of Lot as a possession. And Emim lived there formerly, a people as great, numerous, and tall as the Anakim. And like the Anakim, they are also regarded as Raphaim. But the Moabites call them Emim. The Horites formerly lived in Seir, but the sons of Esau dispossessed them and destroyed them from before them and settled in their place, just as Israel did to the land of their possession, which the Lord gave them. Now arise, cross over the brook Zared yourselves. So we crossed over the brook Zared. Now, the time that it took for us to come from Kadesh Barnea until we crossed over the brook Zared was 38 years until all the generation of the men of war perished within the camp as the Lord had sworn to them. Moreover, the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from within the camp until they all perished. So it came about when all men of war had finally perished from among the people that the Lord spoke to me saying, Today you shall cross over our, the border of Moab. When you come opposite the sons of Ammon, do not harass them nor provoke them. For I will not give you any of the land of the sons of Ammon as a possession, because I have given it to the sons of Lot as a possession. It is also regarded as the land of Rephaim, for Rephaim formerly lived in it, but the Ammonites call them Zamzumin, a great a people as great, numerous, and as tall as the Anakim. But the Lord destroyed them before them, and they dispossessed them to settle in their place, just as he did for the sons of Esau, who live in Seir, when he destroyed the Horites from before them, they dispossessed them and settled in their place, even to this day. And the Abim, who live in the villages as far as Gaza, and the Kaftorim, who came from Kaftor, destroyed them and lived in their place. Arise, set out, and pass through the valley of Arnon. Look, I have given Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land into your hand. 
begin to take possession and contend with him in the battle. This day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the peoples everywhere under the heavens, who, when they hear the report of you, will tremble and be in anguish because of you. So I sent messengers from the wilderness of Kedemoth to Sihon, the king of Heshbon, with words of peace, saying, Let me pass through your land. I will travel on the highway. I will not turn aside to the right or to the left. You will sell me food for money so that I may eat and give me water for money so that I may drink. Only let me pass through on foot. Just as the sons of Esau who live in Seir and the Moabites who live in Ar did for me until I cross over the Jordan into the land which the Lord our God is giving us. But Sihon, the king of Heshbon, was not willing for us to pass through his land. For the Lord your God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate in order to deliver him into your hand as he is today. The Lord said to me, See, I have begun to deliver Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to occupy that you may possess the land. Then Sihon with all his people came out to meet us in, in the battle of Jahaz. The Lord God delivered him over to us and we defeated him with his sons and all his people. So we captured all the cities at that time and utterly destroyed the men, women, and children in every city. We left no survivors. We took only animals, his booty, and the spoil of the cities which we have captured from Aror, which is in the edge of the valley of the Arnon, and from the city which is in the valley, even to Gilead, where there is no city that was too high for us. For the Lord our God delivered all over to us. Only you did not go near the land of the sons of Ammon, all along the river Jabbok and the cities of the hill country, and wherever the Lord our God had commanded us. So, the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, pretty phenomenal book when you get a um, true understanding of it. Jesus quoted out of the book of Deuteronomy several times. This is um, a very important book. It is the continuation, of course, of them going into the land and to the promised land. But we see here these, the, the recounting of the story of God directing them to the land and God assuring them in the land that they would have the conquering power of God at their disposal, that God would go in and defeat their enemies. But he gives them some very strict warnings not to mess with Edom or Moab. And he explains why, and this is why back, we see this in Numbers we see this when they're moving across that they just try and go through there. They don't try and conquer them. And of course, they meet with all kinds of resistance. So they have to go around Moab and that kind of thing. They go, they try and scoot around and not engage them until they get up in the area of the Bashan. And there they know, Moses know that God told them to engage the Ammonites, I think, and um, take on Og and take on Sihon and um, defeat them. And of course, Og was the first giant that they had ever encountered. They had already been afraid from seeing the giants before, many years earlier. And now God wants them to face this giant with all his army so that they can see that they can be defeated, and they are defeated. So it's a great time of, of rejoicing and power as God is moving them forward, and they're seeing this new generation that is now being uh, raised up, that are now old enough to start fighting are now willing to follow God and cross that river and go into and take possession of the land by faith. 
Now, the theme of the book of Deuteronomy is wonderful. And we see this all through the book of Deuteronomy. This is what Jesus will take hold of and repeat in his ministry, that they will learn over and over again to love the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their strength. And this is going to be kind of the focus now as they go in and understand that, yes, there's a law. We are to follow the law, but we're to follow it with love. We're to see the concept of precepts and, and um, that it's all about loving God. And if we love God every ounce of our being, then everything else will flow. Everything else will make sense and God will guide us and direct us. And they would be able to even keep the law as much as man is able to keep it. But they would be safe. They'd be secure. God would guarantee their victories, guarantee their safety, guarantee their harvest, guarantee all their births if they would yet. But love him with all their heart and their soul and their mind. So that's where we're going to go in this book and see this and how relevant it is as we read through and study the New Testament. So it's a very, very dynamic book. So we're going to stop there because we got ahead of ourselves uh, in the New Testament. But we will see if we can pick up Charles Spurgeon. Established and kept, 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Men are often devoid of reason as of faith. There are with us still unreasonable and wicked men. There is no use in arguing with them or trying to be at peace with them. They are false at heart and deceitful in speech. Well, what is this? Shall we worry ourselves with them? No, let us turn to the Lord for he is faithful. No promise from his word will ever be broken. He is neither unreasonable in his demands upon us, nor unfaithful to our claims upon him. We have a faithful God. Be this our joy. He will establish us so that wicked men shall not cause our downfall, and he will keep us so that none of the evils which now assail us shall really do us damage. What a blessing for us that we need not contend with men, but are allowed to shelter ourselves in the Lord Jesus, who is the truest sympathy with us. There is one true heart, one faithful mind, one never-changing love. There let us repose. The Lord will fulfill the purpose of his grace to us, his servants. We need not allow a shadow of a fear to fall upon our spirits. Not all that men or devils can do can hinder us of the divine protection and provision. This day, let us pray the Lord to establish and keep us. Actually, the roots of Deuteronomy are here, that the Lord is faithful and we should love him with all our minds, all of our hearts, all all of our soul, all of our, our strength, knowing that he will fulfill his purposes of grace and his love in us. And we should not allow fear to overwhelm us in the days in which we live because we know he is faithful. Beautiful devotion, Charles Spurgeon, live in a turbulent time back at the turn of the century. Very interesting times in which he lived as well. Well, let's pray. Thank him for this day. And um, tomorrow is a travel day. Tomorrow, um, will not I will not have a chance to do this live. So we'll try and send out the reading for you guys. I don't know if I get a chance to record anything to put on the podcast. I'll try, but we'll see. But um, uh, certainly it'll be Deuteronomy uh, 3 and 4. And it will be Luke chapter 3, the first half of it, up to around 2025 20, or something like that. Uh, if you want to look ahead and uh, check that out.
was I think we read up to uh, verse 20 or 23. I don't remember. Anyway, check that out. Read ahead if you can. And then, of course, Sunday, <laughs> I'll try to get a podcast out. That would probably be Deuteronomy uh, 5 and 6 and uh, Luke 3. So if you want to keep um, reading ahead, go ahead and we'll try and, and throw it out on a text what the reading is. Okay. So, Father God, thank you for this morning and blessing us, bringing us here before your throne. And um, always, God, we're just thankful. Thankful for another day that we can come before you. Thank you for the food that we have. Thank you for the jobs, for the homes, for the homes that give us protection for those of us in the cold weather, the warmth, those of us in the hot weather, the a little protection from the heat. We bless you um, and continually ask that you, God, would, would draw us deeper into your love. And we know that you're God of all strength and power and protection. So uh, we do desire to walk upright, as the Bible says knowing that you are a gracious God. Even these troubled days with a lot of persecution, a lot of people coming against the church and against um, the saints. And uh, God, I would ask you to strengthen our missionary friends that are over there doing some phenomenal work in the Ukraine, in Russia, in China, North Korea, different places where they have to rely on your protection and strength every single day of their lives. May you bless them abundantly. Thank you for the work that you're doing here in the United States. Through the ministries, we've been blessed to be involved in. God's good things are happening. We see your word going out. So many people getting saved, built up and encouraged and baptized. It's uh, it's amazing to see your work in God in a mighty and powerful way. So thank you for the state, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, keep up with us if you can. Uh, as far as we have a group on Messenger, which is called Manna for Breakfast. We can try and get you added onto that if you want. Or uh, just be watching for any posts that we do as far as what's going on in the next couple of days as we are traveling. But we will look forward to seeing you on Sunday at the same time in Vallarta at 9 o'clock. We will be back for that. So look forward to, to seeing you all again, either online or live. So God bless you. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.